Hi, this is Timothy Pig, and I want to welcome you to Text Driven Podcast, a podcast put out by the Ministry of Fellowship Church in Southwest Florida. Text Driven Podcast exists to equip you to know God and make Him known through text driven preaching and practice. To learn more about Fellowship Church, visit our website, fellowshipchurch.co. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Text Driven Podcast as we are walking through a book that came out in 2018 published by uh, Broadman and Holman Books entitled Being a Christian, How Jesus Redeems All of Life. This book was written by the president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City, Missouri, Dr. Jason Kay Allen. And what we're doing in these episodes is walking through chapter by chapter in order to help you to see what it means uh, to be a Christian. But also, uh, these episodes are meant to be used in discipling relationships, helping to guide you through conversations with the people that you're meeting with on a regular basis and helping them to follow Christ as well. And it's in this episode that we're going to start dealing now with chapter Two, Dr. Allen has entitled chapter two, The Gospel and Your Past. You know, when you think about your past, uh, what do you think about? What kind of uh, emotions come into your mind? You know, a lot of people uh, have done things in their past that uh, continue to provide great guilt and shame to them. Uh, your past might be one that is uh, so riddled with uh, decision-making that is uh, unbecoming uh, that uh, you don't want to talk about it very uh, often and that you're worried to even talk about your past, uh, even in a Christian context. Uh, as you sit around a small table at your church and you begin to have a discussion uh, about your life, there are certain parts of your past that you'll leave out because of fear of judgment and of embarrassment and guilt. And those types of feelings and attitudes and emotions about our past uh, are debilitating, aren't they? Uh, we worry about what others will think about us if they really knew our past. Uh, he says this, Dr. Allen says this on page 22, and maybe you can identify with it. Many would-be followers of Christ have a similar outlook, and many Christians live with a present and persistent suffocating guilt. Maybe that's what your past is doing to you even right now. Maybe your past is suffocating you. It is making you think of yourself lower in God's eyes than how he sees you. Maybe you don't believe because of your past that God can use you and do anything in your life, that there's going to be a pinnacle, a cap to the amount of work that you can do in God's kingdom because your past is always going to hold you back. And I would encourage you, if you're in a discipling relationship with somebody, uh, start with that presupposition when you go into discussing this chapter, that the person that you're talking to has things in their past that uh, is suffocating them, things in their past that that is causing great uh, difficulty even to that day that you meet with them in their life. So Dr. Allen recognizes this and he goes on and he wants 
the reader, he wants you and me to understand that uh, we are not alone in our thinking concerning our past, that everyone has a past. Listen to what he says on page 22. In the first two paragraphs, he says, every person has a past. I do, you do, everyone does. By past, I mean things that we have done at a previous point in our lives that cause regret and embarrassment, if not outright shame. It is that laundry list of attitudes and actions and events you aren't proud of. And again, it's not just you. Everyone's past is marked by, at least to some degree, foolish words, reckless decisions, sinful acts. Everyone's past. Now, now understand that. The person you're going to be discipling is just like you. They have a past too just like you do. I have a past. We all have a past to us. So we need to understand that everyone is in the exact same place. And becoming a Christian does not change our past. That's what he says in the very next sentence. Christianity does not change your past, but it does change what you do with it, and what it does to you. Now, think about that. Christianity does not change your past. And you need to make sure that the person that you're discipling recognizes that truth as well. But what Christianity does is it changes how you view your past, and it also changes what you do with your past. Listen to what he says here at the bottom of page 22. Jesus does not reluctantly accept us in spite of our past. He pursues us, calls us, loves us, and uses us fully aware of our past regardless of how checkered it may be. Now that's a statement about the glorious grace of God in the gospel. The gospel does not look at the person with a past and say, I, you cannot be saved because of your past. The gospel doesn't look at the person at the past, with a past and say, you must get better in order to embrace this truth. No, Jesus looks at us fully aware of who we are, what we have done, what we have thought, the attitudes that we have had in our past, and he still pursues us, loves us, calls us, redeems us, and saves us. So when you're sitting down and discipling uh, another brother or sister in the Lord, and you know you're starting from that presupposition that they are ashamed and feel guilty of their past, uh, you can, with your words, provide a very uh, freeing attitude to them by explaining to them that Jesus was fully aware of who they were and he still loved them even so. And it wasn't like Jesus's arm was being twisted to love you. No, Jesus loves us in spite of us. 
He understands who we are and he still chooses to love us. And this is what we see illustrated. And Dr. Allen brings it out so well in this chapter. This is what we see illustrated in the life of the apostle Paul. Paul was a person who had an extremely checkered past. He was a man who is he describes his own testimony as one that would make any person blush and feel guilty for a lifetime because of the sins that he had committed. He shares, the Apostle Paul shares his testimony in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. I'm going to read it. It's also on page 24 of uh, Dr. Allen's book. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says about his own past. Listen to this. He says, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord, who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry, even though. Now, don't miss the, that word right there, even though. Paul is saying God appointed him to be an apostle to serve his church, God's church, even though Paul had a past. That God, fully aware of what Paul had done, still had an amazing plan for his life. And look at what Paul had done. He was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an arrogant man. Now, when he talks about being a persecutor, what that means is he was a murderer. You can go back and read in Acts chapter 9 and in Acts chapter 7 about Paul's life. And Dr. Allen touches on it briefly, but it was the, it was was his name was Saul at that time. And he held the coats of the people that martyred Stephen, one of the first Christians of the New Testament. It was Paul who went door to door, ravaging homes, destroying homes, killing Christians. And, and Paul says, even though he had that type of past as a murderer, as a God hater, God still saved him and appointed him to the ministry. What a statement of God's grace. And then Paul goes on and he says this, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason so that in me the worst of them, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who believe in him for eternal life. So look at what Paul says. Paul says the reason why God saved him, even though he had a past like he did, he saved him so that through the Apostle Paul, God saved Paul so that through Paul's life, God might display his glorious gospel, that God might display his own goodness through the life of of Paul. Now, notice in that section of scripture in 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 16, that Paul's past was instrumental in his testimony in order to display the goodness of God. 
So as we look more into this chapter and as you're discipling someone, do not miss that truth that we just talked about in 1 Timothy, that God saves us even though he fully knows our past so that he might display his glorious gospel through us. So what was Paul's secret to overcoming his past? Well, he tells us that. Dr. Allen tells us this on page 26. Look at what he says. What was Paul's secret to overcoming his past? Why was his past not a weight, but a springboard? The key is that he looked forward to Christian service, not backward in guilt, shame, and regret. So here's the key. As you're discipling someone and you're thinking, helping them to think biblically, think in a text-driven way about their past, what you need to help them to do is not to look backwards in guilt, backwards in shame, or backwards in regret. Instead, what they need to be able to do is to look forward in the way that God wants to use their past in order to make the gospel known. Now, I want to go to a passage of scripture just briefly that Dr. Allen doesn't necessarily deal with, but I think is going to be helpful for you to wrap your mind about what this means, okay? In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible talks about afflictions that we go to, go through. And these afflictions that we go through have a specific purpose to them, okay? Now, I'm going to read the passage and I'm going to make application and draw some similarities between the affliction and our past and how God used it, okay? Now listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. The Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction. That's good news, right? We get comforted by the Father in all of our affliction. Now why does he comfort us? Listen to this so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So in 2 Corinthians 1.4, the Bible says, God allows for us to go through affliction so that he can provide his comfort to us. And then we can take the comfort that he's given to us and pass that comfort on to others who are also going through affliction. Understand that. Now let's talk about that in the context of our past. God, fully aware of what you have been through in your past, desired and sought you and has saved you. His salvation of you did not completely erase from your memory your past, but instead he redeemed you anyways. And that redemption that he has provided to you, in spite of what you've done in the past, he wants you to use that testimony and make him known to others also. 
So here's the point. You need to be looking at your past as a means of Christian service, making God known to other people who also have a past as well. Because there are plenty of people out there that do not think that God will accept them because of the things that they have done in their life, in their past. And what they need to understand is that God does not ask for us to get cleaned up before he accepts us. He accepts us and he cleans us up. And you in your own life are a testimony to that. And that's the message you share with other people. So in your discipling relationship, make that known to that person. You're sitting at that coffee table. Share about how God has saved you and cleaned you and how he wants to do the same thing with the person that you're meeting with. And this comes out of Philippians chapter three, where Paul says, forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal, the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. We need to recognize that we have a past and that needs to push us forward in Christ different, uh, in Christ calling. Now listen to this on page 26. He says there is a difference, a massive difference between overlooking your past and forgetting about it. Paul never overlooked his past. He wrote extensively about human sinfulness and his own sinfulness. We're not telling you to suppress it and forget about it and overlook it. No, Paul Paul recognized it. As Paul understood the grace of God, it made him reflect on his past and see just how wonderful God's grace is. And he wrote about that sinfulness so much to the point that in 1 Timothy 1.15, as we've already talked about, Paul called himself the worst of sinners. So notice this. Dr. Allen brings out on page 27 that the lower Paul's view of himself became, the more his view of the gospel increased. So what Paul saw in his past was the depth of his depravity, the lowness of who he was, and that caused him to see the greatness of who his God is. See, in recognizing our past, we see how great our need for Christ is, and that only makes us worship and glorify God with great praise. Overcoming your past. Dr. Allen shares three ways we can overcome our past. Number one, we need to view our sin as God views it. And how does God view our sin? As forgiven in Christ Jesus. He lists here several verses that I would encourage you to read with the person you're discipling. You're sitting at that coffee table, you're sitting at the dinner table, you're having lunch together. Make sure you read each of these verses. The person you're discipling needs to understand that God has forgiven them. John Stott, uh, Dr. Allen quotes on page 28 as saying this, God frees us from our bankruptcy only by paying our debts on Christ's cross. More than that, he has not only canceled the debt, but also destroyed the document on which it was recorded. 
Making sure the person you're discipling understands that truth is a key to them seeing the gospel in relation to their past. Number two, rejoice in God's providence. Now, understand something about the sovereignty of God. God is in control of all things. That means he saw your past and he utilized your past as a means to bring you to himself. Listen to this on page 29. Whatever your background, whatever your past, rejoice in God's plan for your life. He led you by superintending your steps and bringing you to a point of conversion. His providence is always good and beyond improvement. Thus, he crafted your story, including your past, for his own optimum glory. That goes back to what the Apostle Paul said, that Christ might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. 1 Timothy 1.16, Paul recognized that his past helps to provide the ultimate optimum glory to be displayed to the nations. Paul's testimony displayed the glory of God. Your testimony displays the glory of God. My testimony displays the glory of God. And that includes our past. Thus, he says, Dr. Allen, on page 29, as you reflect on your past, let it be an opportunity to praise God for his kind and faithful providence. Number three, if you're going to overcome your past, not only must you view your sin as God sees it, which is forgiven, you not only must rejoice in God's providence, number two, but number three, you must own your testimony. Do not see, Dr. Allen says on page 29, do not see your past as an embarrassing prologue to be buried, but as a glorious story to be leveraged for the kingdom. Remind people, as you remind yourself, that if God can save you, he can save anyone. In quoting Philip Holmes on page 30, Dr. Allen uh, writes, the gospel is so powerful that it doesn't have to undo our past sins. Instead, it redeems them and turns them around for our good and for God's glory. Then Dr. Allen closes out this chapter with telling the story of John Newton and the writing of Amazing Grace. And he ends with this, grace is transformative. It is overwhelming and it is free. This grace overcomes your past and enables your growth in the future. So here's what I want you to do. As you're sitting and reflecting on your past, see how God wants to use your past in your service to him to make him known. And then as you're discipling another believer, as you're meeting with that believer, share your testimony with them. Tell them about how God has forgiven you even though 
you have a past. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Text Driven Podcast. For more resources like this one, go to our website, www.fellowshipchurch.co. And if you're ever in the Southwest Florida area, we would love to have you at one of our campuses for worship on the Lord's Day. You can find the times and locations on our website as well. And we'd love to be able to welcome you to our church and say, welcome home. God bless. We're praying for you as you live a text-driven life.